putting on the full armor of God is uh, it's taught is it easy let me tell you how I've already seen that armor this morning you know uh, I want to take you back to a date and it'll just, it'll just be a year but let's take you back to the date of uh, 2008 early part of the year the worship team at that time was ah person and I had that opportunity I'm not, I'm not just making it I had that opportunity and, and along that time I've seen a church put on their armor in the building and they, and they supported me and they supported the band I want, to take, I want to take some time if you're new here I want to tell you something normally on a normal situation you know technology is wonderful if it Thank you. If it works. Sometimes the, the, the computers mess up. But here's what, I, here's what I saw today. It's a transformation from 2008 to now. And, it, and it's a change in you guys. Standing behind the curtain, I start hearing the words to uh, the, last, the last song, Bless the Lord, All My Soul. And without lyrics. And some of you might have been singing law. I, can't, I just heard the tone. But the support that rose up and came up here. If you think it's a cakewalk to get up here on the stage with words, <laughs> it's not. Angela said, Angela, and I'm going to pick on Angela because I think we have a very good relationship and I, and I can say this. <laughs> she said, do you, do you get nervous? Or she said, I'm nervous. And I said, I get nervous every week. Every week. But what I saw this morning was Angela and the, and, the, and the band behind her knowing things that weren't perfect. And normally, those screens, uh, sometimes they move. They're, they're always, they're, they're good. I want to brag on our, our guys that they work so hard, and girls, they work so hard on that stuff. So if you're, it's your first time, that wasn't normal. But we're going to talk about the armor of God today. Uh, I, my name is Matt. I'm, I normally am the worship leader. Um, and Mike Davis is our lead pastor. Um, but you guys deserve to hear that you pick people up. Let me tell you, this, is a, this can be a lonely place. If I do this instead of this, it sounds not good. <laughs> but that's when you invite, or you have other instruments... Um, somebody asked me, said, why do you need all those instruments? <laughs> and I said, that way, if I hit a wrong chord, nobody hears it. And they're like, they're like, oh, yeah, right. Oh, no, you can ask the band. That's probably mostly me. We're going to pick up our Bibles, and we are going to turn to Ephesians chapter 6 in the New Testament. Ephesians is in the New Testament, right side of your Bible. Uh, if you come to Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, just keep turning, keep turning, keep turning, keep going right. If you have a table of contents in the front of your Bible, put a paper clip in it. It's right there. It gives you the, it gives you the page number to turn to. Uh, if you have a Bible like this, mine's on page uh, 955. If you have one of the New Testaments out of the hallway, it's on page 166. While you turn there, I'm going to talk about what we're going to talk about a little bit. Give you a little bit of background. We're going to talk about why Paul what, wrote what he wrote to the church in Ephesus. Now, if you saw the first video, well, we'll talk about that later, but that's some good cartoons right there. That's good cartoons. Now, the second video about the armor of God. 
at the end of that, it says, go and tell your story. And you heard two or three kids give their testimony about what God's letting them do in their life, what they're choosing to do. They were young Christians. Paul is preaching, or he's sending a letter to very young Christians. And he understands being, being a, what you would call a religious a follower of Jesus. He understands, as, mo- as some, mo- well, I hope most of you, most of you understand that, that Satan comes into our life and he wants nothing more to do than just to wreck our whole day. I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to make light of this and I'm not proud of this. But I can tell you that I do not argue with my wife very often. But when we have a disagreement, Sunday morning, the kids won't get ready, Wednesday night, band practice, right before we go to small group, and maybe the kids won't want to get ready, or we're just going around and going around. Paul is writing to a group of people. He's encouraging them, and he's trying to teach them how they should live. Uh, We have to remember remember that people had heard Paul preach, and they had become believers, and this was a brand new thing. See, before Jesus came, you got atonement for sin by sacrificing animals, okay? And that's, and he lived by the law. That's how one attained salvation or rightness with God. Now Jesus has come to the earth, and instead of offering the animals, Jesus says, I forgive sin. Believe in me, I forgive sin. It's something completely different. Paul was preaching about Jesus being the way to heaven instead of them having to sacrifice animals. Um, While writing this letter, Paul was taking an opportunity to encourage the church to continue to spread the good news of Christ and to let them know he was praying for them. In college, I had the opportunity to play a sport, and I was a catcher. And the armor of God is a lot like the catcher's equipment. Okay, For obvious reasons, you wear a face mask. Yeah? You get hit with a fastball in the face, it's not a good day. Uh, your chest protector. My glove, also, known, also can be a shield sometimes. Shin guards with toe flaps that cover my feet. And I wore cleats so I can get traction. See, any item missing, any item missing in that, the ball just finds where you have something missing. I went, to, I went to catch a guy that was, that he was warming up to go into the game. And I had my shin guards on and my mask. That's all I had. And he goes, you want to put your equipment on? You want to put your chest protector on? No. I'm good. But the second pitch he threw, threw a curveball, hit off the bottom of my thumb and hit me right in the chest. And it would have been really neat to have that on. But the armor of God protects us spiritually. Okay, are we going to walk around looking like a Roman soldier like the guy in the video? Not unless it's Halloween, probably. But what we're going to do is walk around spiritually protected. Our head, our chest, our heart, where God takes us with our feet. We're going to use his Bible as a sword. We're going to get into that in a little bit. Paul says we must be ready to explain the scripture and, get, and give, sorry, and be ready to defend ourselves on a daily basis. I don't know about you, but Satan understands where I get weak. Many of you may have had a pretty down and out week, maybe a down and out month, down and out year. Some of the times that we're lonely, 
So the times that we're too busy and too busy with good things, I'm guilty. It is not an if Satan is going to attack you. It's a when. He will attack you at your weakest point. Why don't you turn to your message map real fast. It's, the, it's a little handout that you got right here on the inside page. That first blank, those first blanks, I want you to fill this in. It says, if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you do not fall. Hmm. If you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. Sometimes Satan finds us being almost arrogant about our status of life. Picture this. You're walking down the hallway. Somebody comes up to you and says, hey, how are you doing? Your first response is, I'm doing great, man. Your world could literally be in shambles. Your, your, your uh, relationship with your kids or your mate is just a mess. But we want to take that arrogance and say, oh, yeah, everything's good. Everything's good. I, because I'd rather not talk about it at this time. But everything's great. Everything's good. My life is awesome. On the inside, it's awful. It is then we are too arrogant and not giving enough attention to God's word that trouble can overtake our happiness. Trouble can overtake our happiness. If you have your Bibles open to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. <clears throat> verse 10 says this. You put that on. It says, A final word, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. He's telling the people that they have the ability to stand up in the midst of trouble and the challenges that come their way. Now listen, Paul is talking to a group of people that haven't been coached or taught a whole lot. They're, they're, they're just getting this first church going. Are they going to get knocked down? Listen, everybody else believes something different than they do. Everybody else believes something that they don't anymore. And they're supposed to go out to that world and spread that Jesus is the way to heaven. Verse 11. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. If you were in a locker room before a game, your coach writes on the wall, we're going to do this and we're going to do this and we're going to do this. He gives you a game plan. If you don't go onto the field with a game plan, you run around like chickens with your heads cut off and nobody gets anything accomplished. You have to have a game plan. Now, back to the first video. The only time in Wile E. Coyote's life he catches the roadrunner. Wile E. Coyote has shrunk and the I love that. Beep, beep. The Roadrunner is huge. All the time, the Roadrunner is being chased. Through hundreds of episodes, he's being chased by this coyote. We'll just pretend that we, in a metaphoric sense, are the Roadrunner. And, and Satan, is, he's always trying to find our weakest point because he can't wait to catch us. Now, if you remember watching these, these cartoons, the only thing that Wiley Coyote wanted to do was to eat the Roadrunner. That's all. He wanted to smash him with a rock. He tried to blow him up with dynamite. He tried to shoot rockets at him. Some of you are going to go to Family Video and get all the reruns of this because I've just sparked the inner child of great cartoons. 
But all he wants to do is to eat. He, he wants to take the roadrunner and he wants to make a little meal out of him. The Bible says that Satan seeks and roams around to find us and he wants to destroy us. He wants to destroy. Now, unarmored, you are waiting. You are, it, you're, you're ticking. You can't protect yourself. Ephesians 6.12. Let's go to the next verse. It says, We are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. You know what? My biggest, my biggest thing is this. Many people don't have any idea who the enemy is. They don't understand they're too busy. Most people are just angry at the way their life is going. I'm fed up. We got a ball game Monday night. We got a ball game Tuesday night. Wednesday night they have practice. We used to get that off to go to church. Now we don't. We get Thursday we got to do this with the family. Friday night we have this. Saturdays are never free anymore. And Sunday we got to go to church. Like it's a checklist. Opportunity. Nobody has it worse than me. You ever heard anybody say that? Nobody has it worse than me. My kids are having trouble with their teacher at school. They're, they're not getting the grades that I think that they should. They're, they're not showing me respect. They're not doing this. They're not doing that. I'm not, I'm not getting that raise I deserve. Listen, I work hard. I need a raise. I deserve. I want it. I want it. I'll never get out of debt. My problems are too big. My relationships fall apart. This is all we see. We don't see past the problem. To, get to, to solve a problem, you just get to the root of the problem. We are fighting against a being that knows us better than we know ourselves. I'm not giving any glory to Satan this morning, but I'm telling you right now, he knows exactly when Anthony's at his weakest point. He knows when James is just tired enough to, I can get him to do this or think this. He knows, and he just seeks to roam around and wait for the roadrunners to stop. He knows when we're weak, and vulnerable. Satan's main goal is to distract us from what God wants us to do. How about this? I'm, I'm too tired from work. I've worked 70 hours this week. I just want to relax. I just want to chill out. I just don't want to do anything. You know what? I'm too tired. I can't handle this. And, and somebody comes into your life in a, in a relationship that you have and you say, I don't want to talk to you and I don't want to talk to you. I just want to be alone and I want to go back to the way things used to be because always the past was better with my stuff. And by stuff, I mean the habits, the old things that you used to do. There are certain aisles I'm going to be honest with you. In my church family, there are certain aisles at Walmart that I don't go down because they contain stuff that had a hold on me earlier in my life. When I get at my weakest point, Satan's like, hey, you know what? You just, just go ahead. Just go ahead. That's something that God has taken away from me through accountability, other things in my life. But he seeks to find us when we're at that point. We're at that point. 
Maybe he wants us to talk how we used to talk. Look at things that we haven't looked at in years. Watch stuff on TV, on the internet. All to cause a break in our relationship with God. All he wants to do is just start tapping a wedge. Start tapping a wedge just to divide us. Get us away from God. How do we defend ourselves? Message map, second blank. It says, in order to defend ourselves in life spiritually... We must be able to identify, is the word that's underlined, identify our enemy and his tactics. You have to know who you're dealing with. In the major leagues, if a, if a batter comes up and he's going to face Nolan Ryan on the mound, Nolan Ryan is one of the greatest pitchers of all time. I'm telling you right now that that guy understands from his pitching coaches a game plan to go against Nolan Ryan. If you go after an animal, you know what game plan you have to be successful chasing that animal. If you have a goal at, at your job where you want to climb the ladder of success, you have a game plan. I'm going to move up. I'm going to do a good job. I'm going to keep getting promoted and I'm going to get there. And that's what it's all about. Satan wants to get our mind off of God. In order to defend ourselves in life spiritually, we must be able to identify our enemy and his tactics. We're going to get into the, into the 13th verse. <clears throat> it says, Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. Now remember what I talked about about catching the baseball. Make sure you have everything on, please. Why do, why, do I, why, do I say, why do I say that? Put on every piece. We have to guard every part of us from the attack. Sometimes, Satan wants to affect the way that I think. That my attitude just changes. It changes. Just snap, snap, snap. Look, I'm going to tell you something. This is what old Matt would have done. Colton comes up to me and he said, Hey, Something's seriously going wrong with the computer. I don't have songs. I can't do this. I don't have lyrics. I can't do this. He, is, he has tried everything. He's made phone calls to people in different states. The old me would have been like, great, great. How is worship going to go with no lyrics on the screen? Great. This is just fantastic. And I said, Colton, you tried. Cool. And I went and talked to Mike. I said, Mike, we don't, have, we don't have lyrics. And he goes, well, what do you think I would tell you? I said, just do it the best we can. And he said, okay. <laughs> 14. Stand your ground. Putting on the belt of truth, the first piece of armor. The belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. First of all, the belt of truth is not just to hold your pants up. We're talking metaphorically here, okay? The belt of truth, the belt goes around your waist, and if you tuck a shirt in and you have a belt on, it keeps your shirt, if it's tight enough, from coming undone. Okay? In a battle situation, if you have baggy and loose clothing and it slows you down, that's not good. Because, see, what they're, they're associating with battle, hand-to-hand combat with a sword, and if you, any, you don't want anything to drag you down. You want everything snug to your body. You want everything cinched up. 
the belt of truth. It holds things together. It's used as a tool that cinches the pants to the warrior so they are not baggy and get in the way of their fighting. In life, things can get in our way while we serve God. Temptations come up. Oh, I can do this today, or I could do this today. I could do this today, or I could do this today. Our hobbies or interests take over the majority of our time and leaving less time for things like family, church, fellowshipping, community loving, hanging out with other believers. The belt of truth comes from knowledge that we are chosen from God. We are His. We are His. John 10, 28 says that when you become a believer, you're placed in the... In, in the hand, and the Father's hand covers it, that we are kept. That's a Greek. The Greek translation of that word is kept. You're His. The body armor of God's righteousness, the breastplate, the chest protector. If you have a sword, or, or a, who you're fighting against has a sword, and you leave this open, okay, you have this organ right here. That is the life supporter of your entire body. Your heart. Now, metaphorically, spiritually, the heart's where you have your feelings. I love them. I really don't like them. Your heart. People used to say, let your heart guide you. Listen, you need to protect your heart. You could be heartbroken. Okay? You can give your heart away. It says, when a warrior is in battle, for obvious reasons, it's important to guard your heart. Spiritually speaking, if we allow bad thoughts or selfishness to come into our heart, it won't function as God intended it to. If you don't have God's love in your heart, you have no God's love to give. God intended our hearts to show love. It will affect our relationship with God if we are involved with other things. Verse 15. Yesterday, we did a community loving. If you're new to connection, a community loving is once a month, once every couple months. We get together and we do things not because, hey, look at us for connection, because we want to show God's love. Okay, we want to use this operational thing spiritually and we want to give back. We want to show, I love you. I, I heard two stories. Two stories from yesterday. These are, these are awesome. The first, the first story, person in our church walks up, hands this husband, wife, doesn't matter, a turkey. Person said, I have a family. We prayed that we could have a turkey for Thanksgiving because we can't buy one. The shoes of peace. The second story comes up. Uh, one of our members of our church comes up and they, they gave a turkey to someone. And that person turns around and says, but I'm not poor. <laughs> but I'm not poor. And they said, well, you know, if, if you don't think that you want it, we'll take it back and give it to someone else. And it clicked in their head. They said, wait a minute. Can I give it to someone less fortunate than me than I am? Hello. Do you see what just happened? They were affected by the love that we poured out. 
of our heart. On verse 15, it says, For shoes, we put on the, sh- the, on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. The shoes of peace. Connection people went, gave turkeys away. Whole turkeys. I don't know about you, I heard it on the news. The, the cost of Thanksgiving dinner went up again. For a family of 10, I don't know what it was. It, 50 or $60, I don't know. Pretty close. But a family that had prayed for a turkey. Prayed for a turkey. You get what that, that means? I, I just wish that I could have enough money to buy a turkey. So that our family could have a traditional Thanksgiving dinner. So that I could show my family we still have a Thanksgiving dinner. And somebody, out of the kindness of their heart, through a church, walks up and gives them a turkey. And said, we've been praying for this. How did they get there? They walked. Wherever you go in this life, your shoes. You give the peace away. Can you imagine the load that was let off of that person's shoulders? Holy cow, we got a turkey. Now I can buy two cans of pumpkin and we can make pumpkin pies. Now we can have the whole thing. And to the person that says, but I'm not poor. I don't, I don't, I don't, need, I don't need your handout. And they, they got it. <laughs> oh, well can I give, can I give this away? It, it's going to keep going. It's just going to keep going. It says, shoes take us places. If you walk anywhere besides the summertime, they're probably your form of transportation. Okay? They're, they're your tires. Okay? They take us in and through the paths of others. What if we walk like some of us did yesterday, the turkey giveaway? What if some of us, or all of us, walked into our work? With the shoes of peace, with, with showing God's love. This is, this is the holiday season. For some people, it doesn't get any worse than the holiday season. With depression or missing people, and you know, it, it's as I get older, there's less and less people that I enjoy Thanksgiving with that are older, and we get the younger ones, and it's just a circle. You know how that goes? We miss them. It's tough. It's tough. This peace that is mentioned in this verse is talking about the peace that God can give you. It can help you be compassionate. You have somebody at work come up to you, my marriage is falling apart. I have to watch this. Instead of giving my advice, just listen. Just be a soundboard. I have a friend. They called me two weeks ago. And he said, do you have ten minutes? I said, yeah. He goes, I just need to vent. I said, okay, go ahead. <laughs> Sometimes I held the phone out here. It wasn't anything bad. He said, I'm just, I'm just so stressed out. So stressed. The peace that is mentioned. And after, after we got done talking, he said, I needed that. Do you ever just need that? Do you ever need that? Sometimes my wife says that I'm easier to talk to after I've had some time to go out and be by myself and sit in a tree. 
Sometimes she said, and you can go hunting now. Or I go out to my room and I play with my guitar and I just, I get alone with God. It's that peace. Hmm. Resolve conflict, the peace resolves conflicts. It gives you the peace of mind about certain situations that you're dealing with in life. Verse 16 says this, In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Some of you are saying, well, it's deer season. I imagine you're going to talk about arrows. You'll get that later, I guess. So, hold up the shield of faith. I want to tell you something. Metaphorically, Satan is a way better archer than Robin Hood ever could think of. Supposedly, in fairy tale, Robin Hood shot an arrow, and then he shot a second arrow, and it cut the other arrow. I've seen it done. I've actually did it. I think it was an accident when I did it, okay? <laughs> I can't just say, hey, I'm going to do that. No, I can't do that. Satan is a better archer than Robin Hood. So, what does it mean? Well, he shoots his fiery darts. I mean, are you going to walk around like this? Spiritually, you don't understand the battle that is going on for you. You don't know what, who's fighting against you or for you. You don't know the battle that's going on. Those arrows come like this. And I'm exhausted. Just, I, all I want to do is I want to sit here in this chair and I want to watch TV. Dad. 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 Will you do the puzzle with me? I just want to rest. I just want to rest. Will you do the puzzle with me? And I know when I get tired and stressed, that's what triggers an anger emotion. That's what Satan wants to see. That's what he wants to see. He wants me to get edgy. He wants me to get short with those people that I love around me. He knows where my armor is weak. Maybe you have an issue with trust. He could choose you not, or he could uh, cause you not to trust your mate uh, or somebody that you're in a relationship with. Trust is a big deal in today's world. But he talks about the shield. He says, hold the shield up. So when Emma or Lydia comes in and, Dad, 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 will you play the puzzle with me? Deep breath. I'm not that tired. And they get down on the floor and we'll put puzzles together. And about 30 seconds of doing that, I never realized that I was even tired. Oh, after that, I usually crash. But, I, but it's the spending time. It's the, it's the, Dad had time for me today. He had time to play puzzles with me. Using the shield means to block the blows of a sword or an arrow in battle. You must be prepared to block the blows. You have to. You have to. Sometimes, listen, sometimes you get hit with a blow and you're standing like a boxer would never like to stand, flat-footed with your gloves down. And you just get smoked. Maybe you don't ever do that. I have had that happen to me. Just plain on, blindside, wow. Ephesians 17, 6, 17 says, Put on your salvation as a helmet. We have to guard our mind. We have to guard our mind. Guard it from watching things that you shouldn't watch, saying things you shouldn't say, thinking things you shouldn't think. 
If your mind is not protected, it can cause serious damage. It's the control center of our body. Putting on the helmet in battle protects the warrior's head and neck. If you, if you take out the head or neck, that warrior is no longer a threat to you. I'm going to tell, tell you something. This is what Satan likes to do to our youth. I, want, I get to spend time with them. I want you to hear some of this stuff. Satan plays with their mind like this. You're really not worth very much, are you? Nobody cares about you, do they? Some of you just believe these things people tell you. You're not, you're not really wanted, are you? The emotional roller coaster that goes on in their head. Listen. Those kids walk into my house. And they sit down on a carpet that I or my wife or Emma has vacuumed. Emma knows. Emma knows the house is clean because the kids are coming over. She knows that. She knows that. I'm not, I'm not enforcing child labor on a four-year-old. I'm saying that Emma understands that she wants the house to look nice for the kids coming over. It's an important time. She, she doesn't understand everything that goes on, but she understands why. And these kids come into our house, and you can ask any one of them. I said, Mary and I, we may not have a billion dollars, and we may not have a five-story house, but if there's anything in this house that you absolutely need, it's yours. Well, give them what we have. I don't have as many chairs as we have youth in my house. Guess what they do? They hang out on the floor. Now, some of, you older, some of you older people at Connect Group, I'm not sitting on the floor. I'll never get back up. Okay, then you sit in a chair. But I saw something a couple weeks ago in our youth group and to show you how their minds have been changed by God's Word, by our study of how His relationship is with us and how we should give. There's one coveted seat that they all go for. And it's my recliner. <laughs> They said, that's where I want to sit. I'm going to get there early next week because I'm going to sit there. And it's like a race. I mean, they're getting there like 1 o'clock. I'm joking. They're not getting there at 1 o'clock. But, you know, they'll, they'll walk in the door and be like, oh, okay. Then they're looking for the couch. Then they're looking for the love seat or the ottoman or something. But I watched a young man who was sitting in that recliner, all stretched out. And he makes up about, I don't know, 38 pounds soaking wet. And he's just hanging out in that huge recliner. And he's like this. Somebody comes in the door. Had never been to my house. He puts it down. He puts the, the leg thing down. He gets up. He said, here, you can sit here. And he sat on the floor. He was comfortable. He said, I'll sit on the floor. Never been here before. Man, I want to walk into that room. And I, t I told him later, I said, whatever I say from now on in the rest of youth group, I cannot possibly say what you just did. I can't, I can't have any more effect than what you just showed. Truly living in a very small fashion. But his mind, he said, ah, you know what? This person may feel uncomfortable like I did. So I'm going to make him feel comfortable. I'm going to get down. I'm gonna, you can have that. The verse goes on and says, and take the sword of the Spirit. Spirit, which is the Word of God. We have to take His Word into battle with us. This is the sword. This is the offensive weapon. This is it. You lose your sword in battle, guess what? 
you're probably not going to write home. You lose the sword in your life, it's going to take you out of commission spiritually. That temptation is going to come by you. And you're going to say, I have nothing to defend myself. I guess I'll just go back to the way that I used to do it. I'll go down that aisle at Walmart. I'm not proud to tell you that. But I don't. Satan tries to shoot arrows or pick on us in a vulnerable spot. We should be able to speak the truth of the word. When you're tempted, how about this? TV show, channel on the TV, internet. You can resist temptation. 1 Corinthians 10.13 God will not allow us to be tempted beyond what we can handle. How do you know that? Because Jesus was tempted. He knew what it was like to be a man and be tempted. He was without food for a long time. And the devil tempted him with this and tempted him with that. If you struggle with guilt and shame issues or you think that God could never forgive you for what you have done. I had a great aunt that on her deathbed told my dad she had had two children out of wedlock. She had never been married. She, had, she said, I, what I've done, God cannot possibly forgive me for. There's no chance. And my dad responded to her to this. He said, Romans 5.8, that while we were all yet sinners, Christ died for us. There are applications of the Scripture in our everyday life. Our everyday life. Verse 18 says, Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Praying all the time. Really? I'm going to look really weird walking around work going, Don't move your lips. I'm going to look really weird going, Around school. Don't make that noise. Don't move your lips. Listen, it, it, it's this simple. We see a car off the side of the road. We can't physically stop, get over something. Can't ask them if they're okay. God, we just be with that people, those people. Let them get help that they need. My buddy that called me on the phone. I said, man, after he got done venting and just talking, I said, let me pray for you. He goes, I cannot, you cannot believe how that would help me. See, Paul's encouraging these people. He was writing them to say, hey, listen, we're supposed to pray in all times, keeping this armor on us at all times. Everything you do. Listen, if it was up to me and I had my, my druthers in this life, right now, I would, I would probably be teaching. Now, well, you say, Matt, well, you got a job. At least you got that. Listen, I'm not knocking the fact that I have a job, but I'm very thankful for that. But I would, I would, I would rather have a teaching job. That's, that's what I like. I like to do that. But it says in 1 Corinthians 10.31 that whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, you do it all for the glory of God. I had to take a step back and say, okay, I'm not supposed to teach right now. I'm supposed to do this. So now I work at my job now. Listen, you have no, I can't even express to you the, the amount of people that I get to talk to, the relationships that I've made, the people that I've met. God knows what he's doing. God knows exactly. 
I didn't get this promotion because this and this and this and this and this and this and this. Listen, this may not be the, the Super Bowl of what you want to do for the rest of your life, but listen, you are put in a place every day that God can use you to affect those people around you. If you have a job, be the best employee you can be. If you're married, be the best mate. If you have kids, be the best parent you can be. He's talking about lifting each other up and encouraging them. I stood right on the other side of that curtain. And some of you couldn't see me. And sometimes Mike does this. But I stood on the other side of the curtain. And whenever every single member of that band, unless the people that were over here when I came out, came by me, I told them, I said, you did a great job. You did a great job. I'll come by there sometime and Mike will go, You know what that does for me? I don't do it for me, but when somebody takes that time to say, you know what? I really appreciate the hard work you did. I really appreciate the guys that bring this stuff every week. And they get those cold poles off of that thing. And their hands are cold. And they, by the time they screw everything in, their hands are freezing. And it's not comfortable. Pretty soon it's going to be whatever degrees outside. And they're just going to get colder. Yet they show up every week. Every week. Every week, a, a person that I am in contact with on a regular basis asked me, they said, do you guys set that stuff up every Sunday? I said, yep, and we take it down. That's crazy. Your church will never last. People will get put out. I said, listen, new people step up. We want to encourage those people. Man, I'm telling you what. If you use the restrooms today... They're clean. Because somebody wanted to just encourage you today. Oh. I mean, I, can, I saw one person, smile on their face, plastic gloves on. How you doing? I'm like, I'm not going to shake your hand. <laughs> but they said, hey, how you doing? And they were just smiling because they were cleaning the bathroom. Not because they were cleaning the bathroom. Because they were being moldable. God was using them. Last blank on your message map. It says, By putting on the whole armor of God, you can defend yourself very well in spiritual warfare. But if you fail to put on just one piece, you leave yourself open for attack. Hmm. Well, I got my mind under control today and I took care of my heart. I got my shield and got my sword and well, let's just be honest. I don't have my sword today. I got my shoes. And I'm going to go into battle without a sword. You have nothing to defend yourself with. Nothing. Temptation comes into your life like a freight train. And you can't support anything that God says back on that temptation. In this life we are faced with many things they come our way. We all struggle with something. And if you want to be real honest with me this morning, you suffer from a lot more than one. We don't have enough time for me to talk about me today. We must use the skills that Paul is teaching in this early church in our daily life. Protect our whole self, head to toe. When I was in college, they came out with a really cool invention on our shin guards. 
Now, normal shin guards start here, they stop here. <laughs> they came out with toe covers. Toe covers just went over, went over your feet. When you squat it down, it just protect, the, protect your feet. Pitcher throws the ball, you get a, somebody foul tips it, it goes down and hits your foot on that with a toe protector, you're good. Now let me tell you what happens without the toe protector. Foul ball comes down, hits your nail, it leaves you out of commission. You can't, you can't physically walk well. The whole self. Protect your mind and your heart, your relationships, what you see, what you watch. In history, we learn about the, the Spartan warriors and how they were just so unified in the way they fought. And there's a, there's a movie called 300, and if you've seen it, you understand what I'm talking about. But these guys were elite fighters. The reason that they were so good at what they did is they would learn to protect themselves. At the same time, they were helping to protect this guy who is helping to protect this guy, who is helping to protect this guy, to this guy. So that if in this life, spiritually, we learn to protect this guy, who protects her, who protects her, who protects him, who can be the sounding board, who can be in the encourager, if you keep to do that and you fight as one, success. When they fight, they fight unified. They fought the enemy by helping one another. Protect your mind. Protect your heart. Keep everything snug to yourself with the belt. The shield up. And don't just hold your sword down to the ground. Yep. I read the Bible today. Got through that chapter. Read the Bible today. Got through that chapter. Temptation. Lust. Drinking. Tobacco comes at you. Say, you know what? I had the sword raised because I know that no temptation is beyond what I can handle. And I've got a phone number of somebody that I can call. Hey, I'm struggling with this right now. Will you pray for me? Pow. Sometimes I have to do that about every five minutes. Sometimes I need to do that about every 30 seconds for about six hours. Constant, just a constant thing. Our shoes of peace when we go to work. The whole armor. Spiritually, tomorrow, today, you walk somewhere. You walk to work. You walk into work. Spiritually, armored up. Armored up. Go and tell your story. There's people, guys and ladies, there's people that where you work or where you come in contact with that simply just need to know that you're there. That's it. We have people hurting inside this building right now. We have people hurting at your job or at work right now. Will you choose to put on your shoes and go? Let's pray. Dearly Father, we thank you so much for today. God, and through... Uh, 
through the verses that we read and read this morning, God, we just, we understand, God, that you seek to not let us just go through this life, God, but you want us to go through this life and be able to stand up to the temptation in our life. And we do that by protecting our body spiritually. God, I pray for these people in this church right now. That we develop the kind of strategy of armor that helps us to protect the next person and the next person. And God, that we can be a church that stands up. That we can be a church that people understand and know, you know what, they're not doing it for them. They're doing it for God because He's loved them and they're just loving us. I thank you for the people. God, that you use their shoes and where you take them every day. And every, every Sunday they show up here. God, I thank you for the, for the young people. God, that just gave me an example at youth group of how you've changed their mind and the way that they think. God, may I be more like that. May we all be more like that. God, lead us where you want us to go today. In your name we pray. Amen. You are dismissed.